Welcome back, everyone. It is episode 32, and we're doing something a little bit different tonight. Uh, we kind of had a back and forth of what we were going to do. It was kind of like a civil war almost, but we went into Facebook, and we're actually live streaming on Facebook tonight, which is actually kind of really cool. And since we kind of had our own internal civil war as a joke here, we are going <laughs> to be uh, reviewing Civil War Two from Marvel. And joining me tonight, as always, Mr. Clarence Brown. Hey, Cal. How's it going, man? I'm actually really impressed because I have absolutely no idea how you've got us live streaming on Facebook. <laughs> so you're the brainchild behind that, not me for this. So uh, kudos. Yeah, just remember, you can find anything you want on the Internet. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Facebook.com backslash discussing who we are like we just said live and if you are happening to be on facebook right now watching us then we will be chatting with you throughout the episode and maybe this is something we'll continue doing going forward and uh have another way of getting in touch with us uh so tonight as we said uh we will be discussing civil war 2 by marvel i know we've had other issues or episodes not issues discussing specific issues let me get that right here um <laughs> i think we did number three and we did number five i believe so we will be talking about what happened at the end which is issue number eight as well as the entire civil war in itself but before we do that i do want to mention one thing uh lee is not with us tonight he is off preparing for his uh, yearly festival of 10 minute plays that he does with his students. So that's where he is tonight. So, uh, we'll get an update from Lee whenever he gets back to us on that. So we hope everything, well, I'm not going to say everything's going well. We hope he's breaking a leg tonight as they're <laughs> beginning their process. So Clarence, before we get into discussing what Civil War II is all about and what it ended up being, have you heard anything this week about the digital first from Marvel where the, where you basically buy the book and you get a digital copy for free? Have you heard anything in the news or in the comic uh, news sites or anything you've seen online about Marvel and their uh, digital first uh, redemption offer? Now, is that different from uh, the, I guess, the online thing they have now, the Marvel Comics Online? Is that something totally different, or is it one and the same? Well, it, it yes and no, to answer your question. Uh, the Marvel Comics Unlimited Online is you get this big, huge back catalog of Marvel Comics. However, what I'm referring to is, still gives you the same, you know, content, being able to view those you know, online on your computer, on your smartphone, tablet, et cetera, mm -hmm. and so forth. What this basically is, I go into the comic shop today. I buy Avengers, not Avengers, uh, Inhumans versus X-Men number two. And somewhere within that book, there is a page advertising Marvel.com and probably their unlimited subscriptions and et cetera, and so forth. But there is a sticker that says bonus digital content offer see inside for details you pull that uh sticker off and under that is about a traditional whatever 10 15 digit m number mix up you go to marvel.com redeem the offer and because you bought the book you now have a digital version only able to use it once but digital version of of in um inhuman versus x-men 2 just like you've got the print copy Huh, so, that's interesting. Real cool. So that's been going on for about the last, uh, probably about two years, maybe three years now, but they, um, they've been doing that and you have a certain amount of time, maybe six months, maybe a year, depending on what the book is. And if you don't redeem your digital, uh, content offer within that period of time, then you, you know, basically expires. You don't, you know, get it for free anymore. Mm -hmm. So why am I talking about all of this? Well, a couple of days ago, and you can find, uh, you can just go and do a Google search on 
uh, bleeding. Well, I'm reading a bleedingcool.com article, but you just do a Google search on Marvel digital content offer. And this is 2017, depending on when you might be listening to us. We're in January here, but Marvel has decided they're not going to do that anymore. Still have a 399 book for most books, but now instead of getting a free digital version of whatever that book might be that you're reading, you will get instead one of three or three at one time of a back issue of some assortment across every book that is purchased that week. So for instance, let's say Civil War II number one is the book of the week. Well, regardless of whether or not you buy five different books or you buy one book, that digital offer content that you're going to get now is only going to be Civil War II number one. So what do you think of that? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. So l- let me get what you're saying. So you say if no matter what, you can only get the book they specify, you don't get the book you actually purchase. Correct. Is what you're saying? Correct. That is so weird. Why would they do that? There, you know, so I'm, I'm looking here. Like I said, I'm at bleedingcool.com and the actual article I'm reading is, uh, posted on January the 6th. It is by a gentleman by the name of Rich, R-I-C-H Johnston, J-O-H-N. S-T-O-N, and it's entitled, Fans and Retailers React to the Marvel Dropping Buy Physical, Get Digital (laughs) Comics Deal. And some of the things that it says are, this is just a little, a bit of feedback. One person says, just because Civil War II was a a dud, don't take it out on me. Um, (laughs) And another person comments via Twitter, I'll probably drop all. Honestly, I was just switching from digital only because of the digital codes. No point now. Um, and then, you know, the, uh, Bleeding Cool refers back to Marvel ends current free digital. We'll give two comics of two. We'll give, excuse me, we'll give two free classic comics instead. Oh, this sucks, man. And I think it would make more sense if they let you, if they're not going to give you the one you're purchasing because you have that copy, if they at least let you choose which one you want, you know, maybe choose another arc you're trying to get interested in or something. But the fact that they're just going to give you a random comic, uh, and not the one you actually purchased, that, that's kind of, that, this doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, do you think they just don't want their digital version of their up, up to date issues? Well, in digital form or is it? No, I don't think that's what it is. And I think, and I, and I don't have the article in front of me where I originally read this story and I couldn't find it again. But I, whoever that article, uh, that I'm taking this from had a very good argument as to why they might be doing this. And it in a way makes, makes sense. So let's, let's look at it like this. I go out and I buy all 10 comics, let's say, you know, I've got an assortment of Avengers. I've got an assortment of X-Men. I've got an assortment of whatever. I buy 10 books. I have bonus digital content offers. Let's say I'm in high school or let's say I'm in college uh, or let's say I'm going to work or whatever. And or let's, or let's, let's use you and I as an example. Uh-huh. I go to you and I say, Hey, I'll give you this digital, uh, you want to sit, read this? I'll give it to you for a dollar. Well, I just, uh, yeah. s- sold you that code. You get your book. I bought the book, you, but yeah. Marvel kind of loses money there. Now yes. let's take it another way. I am a comic shop owner and I have five copies left over of Civil War two number eight. I pull off all the, um, stickers. I get right down the codes. Technically, those books aren't, uh, since I pulled off the stickers and I have changed them, they're not brand new anymore. I still couldn't sell them first time, but now I can't say that they're in mint condition. So I sell them at face value or maybe 50 cents less in the back bin. But I go uh-huh. and say to somebody coming in, Hey, I'll give you, uh, $2 for this digital comic, uh, code. Yeah. It's, it's just a huge anti-piracy measure is what it looks like. But it seems like 
you know, I don't know. Is it is it still a thing to like go into the comic shops or people ordering their books online or can you even buy up to date digital versions? You know, I I think that would be the ultimate goal too. If somebody wants a digital version, just allow them to go online and buy that instead uh, of like doing the the don't they delay it six months or something like that now? Well, for the digital they version? do if you get the Marvel uh, Unlimited. I think there's a certain amount of time that it is delayed. Uh, because think about it, a lot of what you, the way comics are written today are written in the form of making them available for the trade pa- paperbacks. So yeah. chances are, if you've got a story, the trade paperback will have been published before they join, you know, the, the ranks of digital unlimited, unlimited. Yeah. Now, that doesn't prevent me from going to Marvel.com or Comixology or what, you know, some of the other, um, digital comic sites and actually today purchasing just like I purchased in the comic shop, um, you know, online getting the digital version for $3.99. Yeah. And it seems like with a little bit of work, they can make their own system to where you go buy it in the store and maybe they just like at Kroger or whatever, you have a, loyalty discount or we type in your phone number and it adds it to your account it seems like there's something they can do there instead of just this move to where it's like anti-consumer to me well you know it's funny that you that you mentioned what you just did because you hit on my next point which is the only well not only because there is something to be said about being able to go into the comic shop and be able to fill the comics in your hand as opposed to the digit, you know, the digital, just looking at it on a computer or, you know, not having it in your hand. Um, and having that interaction with what I always call the comic book man, you know, being able to, <laughs> you know, have that conversation. But, yeah. um, but on top of that, a lot of the people who own, own comic shops make a lot of their money or make most of their money from returning subscribers. And the way to make sure you return as a subscriber is you may get a 5% discount off of your total order. You might get a 10% discount off of your total order. So that $3.99 book now becomes $2.75 or whatever because you are getting it and you're committing to that person. I'm going to buy and come in every week or every month or every yeah. other week and buy from you. And they're giving you a discount. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely some things I could do to tighten, tighten that up, but I, you know, anything anti-consumer like this, I'm, I'm never happy about. All right. So let me ask you one other thing before we move on from this subject, which is the argument could be said that DC their books, for the most part, are priced at two ninety nine, where Marvel has a lot of books priced at three ninety nine. So, if you look at that, is DC a bargain when DC's books now, for the most part, again, come out twice a month? So, you're getting twice the content, but and for six dollars, yeah. as you're getting. One content for four dollars. Yeah, they're making up for the price difference in the amount of issues they're putting out. So correct. And the funny thing is, you know, a lot of people largely consider DC to be killing it in the in the comic world today. So uh, yeah, it's it's kind of weird that it seems like they should be charging more than Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, no. They're actually remember charging less. They're they're charging two ninety nine. Marvel's three ninety nine. But they're twice a month. Where Marvel's most of Marvel's books come out once a month. Yeah, I don't know what I'm saying. It seems like well, I said because they're as popular as they are. Ah, oh should, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, got more. you. Yeah. Oh, I, I got you. Misunderstood you. All right. Well, Not a couple a of couple of other things before we move back to Civil War. Uh, I know you're a fan of Spider Man. Um, that's, yes, I am. All right, and you remember the Clone Saga? Oh yeah, and ben you Riley, know, man. You, you know, Ben Riley is back. Uh, I only, I only know that because I think you hinted at it uh, before in one of a previous conversation. Okay, but yeah, where's Ben Riley been for the last twenty years? Dead, <laughs> <laughs> literally uh, dead. So how how did they how did they bring him back? Is that 
is that even possible? Well, I guess it's always possible in comics. They always find a way, don't they? There was something that the Jackal had done. I'm I'm not sure exactly what's going on, but I do know Ben Riley will have a new Scarlet Spider uh, comic mm-hmm. in a couple mm-hmm. of months. So is he going to be a clone of the clone? No, he's he's a <laughs> he he is a rebirth of the clone, and I think he's a bad guy right now. Oh man! See, I, I have issues with this. Uh, that's that. It's like the failing grace of comics in a lot of ways. Nothing's ever final. As much as I love Ben Riley, or I did like him in the mid nineties, mid to late nineties, you know, I, I I don't know if we need him back. I would rather have seen him in like the movies or something like that. But yeah, there's always an opportunity to bring someone back in comics, and I don't know if that's a good thing necessarily. Well, I mean, look at the number of spider people that Marvel currently has running around right now. You've got Peter Parker as, you know, Spider-Man. You've got Miles Morales as Spider-Man. And there's no problem. I mean, look, I don't have a problem with that because you've got Barry Allen as Flash and you've got Wally West as Flash. So, you know, I'm used to having, you know, I don't have a problem with having Two people having the same ID. However, in addition to the two Spider-Man, you're now going to have Ben Riley as the Scarlet Spider. You've had Miguel O'Hara, who is the Spider-Man of the year 2099, is stuck in the present, or at least he was the last time I read it. You have the Spider-Woman, who is from another world that got... Um, merged into this reality during Secret Wars, who uh, is Gwen Stacy. So, uh, Gwen Stacy, Spider Man's, you know, character. Uh, and you've got uh, Jessica Drew, the Spider Woman character. So, you've got qu- quite man, a. It's few too much, man. Spider character. Too much. <laughs> so. When is enough enough? Absolutely. So, let me ask you this. Uh, one other thing, uh, we'll say before we get to Civil War. I saw today that, uh, Marvel will be doing, um, on, uh, later this year. I think it's about June. They will be doing a new Defenders comic. I know we've mentioned Defenders before when we were talking Luke Cage. Yeah, funny you should mention that because, uh, I mean, I know we're going to get into it in a bit, but to me, the last probably 10, 15 page, well, 10, 12 pages of, uh, issue number eight of Civil War two was just, we're setting stuff up. We're going to set some more stuff up. Let me show you this scene where we're setting this other thing up. And that's really how I felt about the end of it. So in other and, words, you're talking about Civil War two, number eight, the promo for coming soon from Marvel comics. Yeah. Yeah. That's, oh, uh, we, we can get into it, but yeah, like there is a, panel which we'll probably talk about but it shows all of the netflix characters uh, on the same page you know just hanging out so yep. yeah so so what is this new defenders going to look like uh let me guess let's see the <laughs> uh netflix characters all on a rooftop uh hanging out <laughs> yeah exactly oh man so, yeah i was i was shocked by that like man it just uh, I won't get into it, but yeah, yeah, I guess we'll talk about it later. <laughs> well, my thing with 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 looking at Luke Cage and looking at them, you know, Jessica Jones now looks like she, you know, it's amazing how and I know I jumped jumped right there, but it's amazing how your um, comic book characters tend to change their appearance if they become popular on a movie or they become popular yeah. in a TV series. Because yes. even Luke Cage had the hoodie on. And I'm like, I've never seen <laughs> Luke Cage wearing a hoodie. Wow. Yeah, they're definitely trying to uh take that popularity and, and bring it to the to 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 the comic books as well. Alright. So let me ask you, before we get to Civil War or back to Civil War, I've been bombarding you with news and info. Anything you've got before we get into Civil War proper? 
Oh man, actually nothing at all. I'm just gonna say that um if you're actually listening to the stream live, uh leave a comment and if you have a question about something or a comment on what we're talking about, we'll try to respond uh before the end of the show. So just leave a comment. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing, uh you know, I was listening and I just heard myself say it again. I would like someone to counter, I may do it one time, how many times I say absolutely. <laughs> Oh, it happens. Man. I know, but I was it like, happens. I was listening to one of our uh, last few episodes, and I was going, "Wow, I say absolutely a lot." And so now I'm me, conscious you of re- that. Really, you know, whatever happened, you were really sure about it, yeah. and, and it, was, it was really hitting home. <laughs> so I absolutely don't uh, like uh, Carol Danvers, not quite as much as I absolutely didn't like her before. How about that? Uh, I think I like her less after the end of this. Okay. Uh, All right. So let's recap and I'll I'll let you do the recap. So what brought us, so we're, we're talking about civil war two as a whole. So bring us up to, from what you recollect to it from one to eight, just in layman's terms of what you recall. It's a daunting task. So, um, we, I guess we, episode, of, uh, issue five was our last one. So prior to that, we had seen this inhuman named Ulysses who can see the future. He has these premonitions and sometimes they're so strong that people around them, around him see these things also. And he envisions, uh, he, you know, he envisions a few things, stops a few bad things from happening. And, you know, um, Captain, uh, Carol Danvers, uh, jumps on this as an opportunity to prevent crimes from happening. Not only her, but a group, her group of ultimates. And, uh, I think the inhumans were kind of in the middle. They were, I, they'd help, but they weren't really on board, I don't think. And of course you had, um, uh, Iron Man and, and all of his people that were behind him on the opposite side of the issue. And we eventually see where Ulysses predicts that the Hulk is going to actually kill who is he kill a bunch of uh, superheroes. Right. So so that event kind of leads to Hawkeye eventually taking out the Hulk. And and this leads to a trial and all this other junk going on. And um yeah, so basically since that point it's just been a fight between Iron Man and uh Miss Marvel to try to I'm sorry, Captain Marvel to try to uh see who's right on this issue and we don't know and we're trying to figure this thing out. So I think this is where we're at, roughly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so you're we, right. Tell me what I miss. No, 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 you're you're pretty much I mean, you know, actually you were you were very spot on with it. The uh difference that I would say that that just got me from the very beginning. They start, it, it, it was like they started it with a great idea of, you know, having this philosophical difference, whereas Civil War One had something to do with, um, you know, the whole, um, do you unmask? Do you not unmask? Do you, um, stay where you're supposed to be? Or you, you know, whatever. Whereas this one was just like something that, started and then as it drug on it just lost more and more and more and more and more steam yeah i mean it's it's kind of my problem with most uh japanese anime i you know i love the premise and most of them have awesome premises and you start watching and after 10 episodes it just kind of fizzles out or they do something dumb that makes me just completely stop watching so uh, this one didn't get that this comic didn't get that bad but you know the premise at the very beginning i kind of saw how it would end strangely enough (laughs) because there's only a few ways someone with visions of the future uh, affecting things can go and yeah i don't know i think it just had a kind of fizz at the end and not a thing yeah let me let me add this in andy who is listening to our live feed says it was a colossal letdown the whole thing <laughs> and you know what that's pretty much what we were saying um yeah because it started and then it um you know you know it just kind of 
pretty much fizz down. So let me ask you this. Let's uh, let's go into what actually happened. So I know we've done five, we've done seven. Uh, I mean, excuse me, we've done three, we've done five. You know, we had the whole thing with Miles and the premonition that Miles was going to ultimately kill Captain America at some point. And then you have last uh, issue, issue seven, which has Carol basically trying to take Miles into custody. And that whole thing uh, with her <sighs> trying to strong, you know, strong arm him yeah. into leaving. What did you think so, of that? So, I mean, I had a bunch of issues with that whole sequence. Of course, we have this premonition and, you know, Cap, uh, not Captain America, but Iron Man and pretty much everybody, Captain America, know that Miles has no capacity in him to do this. They're saying he's a good kid. He's never done anything wrong. And we really would never expect anything on this level to come from him. And I think that's as a reader, we felt the same thing. And I don't know if they wanted us to think that he could do that. But I had I had no nothing in my mind made me think that he would ever do that unless something really, really, really bad happened. But. What really, really made me mad about that whole thing, he goes to the Capitol building. Why? Why would you go there, <laughs> Miles? Why would you go there when you know there's this premonition that you might do something really, really bad? And and again, I think we mentioned this before in the actual uh, premonition. He premonition. He looks way older or looks bigger or something. Right. I don't know if it's just the way he, he was drawn, but still. Why would he actually go there um, when he knows there's a chance that something might happen All with right. him and Cap? And okay. Cap follows him. And, and so, let, me, let me say this. In his defense, he went there during the day, and when he was, quote-unquote, killing Captain America, it was at night. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, true, I guess. You know. <laughs> and but, it might still could happen. No, but, 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 but the whole thing of... Her being, you know, watching him from overhead and coming across as, well, I'm just trying to help you, you know, that and I found it to be very condescending. Yeah, yeah, but that's just kind of the character she is. Am I wrong about that? She's always like the condescending and thinks she's the baddest A in the room. I don't know. That's just that's just kind of who she is, and I can see why you don't like her actually, because throughout this series, it made me not like her, and I thought I wouldn't be that way once we started, because this is really my first arc reading with her in it. So, all right. Well, let me let me refresh your memory. Before Civil War Two. I had absolutely no problem, zero percent problem with Carol. I liked her as, uh, you know, Miss Marvel. I liked her as Warbird. I liked her as Binary. I liked her as Captain Marvel. But all of a sudden, here comes Civil War II, and let's forget how you've been categorized and characterized for, you know, 30 years or however long you've been around. And now you're, like you just said, you, you've got to be the baddest one in the room. Yeah. So I mean, that also makes me think, uh, how are they going to position the Carol we're going to see in the movies? True. And I don't know if she's, I don't know if she's going to be in just in Avengers movies or if she's going to get her own. I don't know. Did they say she's going to get she, her own? She, movie is, actually? she is going to get her own, my understanding. And let me uh, add another comment. Um, Andy in chat says, Miles is a better Spider-Man than Peter Parker right now. I couldn't see him doing it. I think Miles went there to confront fate and prove he wasn't going to do that. I like that. That's, that kind of goes into my daytime thing, but maybe that, and that does kind of give a good reason for why he might would want to go there. So kudos, Andy. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. It definitely makes sense. So within the course, before we get to what happens at the very end, within the course of this entire uh, story, we see War Machine get killed. We see She-Hulk get maimed, get put into the hospital. Uh, yep. They make it look like she's dying. Then she recovers. Then we see the Hulk, the Incredible Hulk, 
be killed, not by a villain, but by Hawkeye. <laughs> and of all people. Of all people. You see this whole breaking apart of heroes once again. And, you know, I found myself in Civil War One, ending it not liking 10 or 15 characters because of what they did in Civil War um, One. Whereas at the end of this, I actually feel like Carol was nothing more than a pawn of Mickey Mouse to make money. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. They did some fundamental things. I mean, from what you're telling me, they did made some fundamental changes to a character that, you know, that's going to affect their going forward. You know, not to go too deep into the end, the, she kind of gets a, well, I guess to go directly to what happens at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. She, well, without talking about the big thing with the, that one character, but she kind of gets a, a, a pass to get, unlimited funding to do whatever she wants by the end of this thing. And I just think that just could go in all types of wrong directions. I just couldn't believe that. And apparently the president she was talking to. <laughs> right. Right. So yeah. let me, let me, let me uh, mention something before I switch back and look over back to our Facebook feed, which is I looked at Wikipedia before we started recording and there is uh, a comic book roundup that is done by Comic Book Resources or CBR.com. Did uh, they basically have a review scale? Issue one out of zero, out you know, from zero being the lowest and ten being the highest. Uh, issue one got a score average of seven point three. Issue two six. Issue three six point three. <laughs> Issue four, <laughs> yeah, so, and issue three was when the Hulk died, so that got the little bump there. Uh, issue four, 5.7. Issue five, 5.7. Oh, issue man. six, 5.8. Issue seven, 6.3. So that's that big, you know, what yeah. you were referring to a minute ago. Issue eight comes in at a measly 5.1. So, you know, that goes right into what we were saying about losing steam. Yeah, and it's it's disappointing because I don't what how does that compare as to what happened in Civil War one or the the first Civil War series? Was it did it have pretty much high marks throughout? I, I don't know off the top, but I do know from me as a reader, I went away from that book not liking Iron Man. I didn't like uh Reed Richards. I didn't like uh Hank Pym for a while, all because of the things that they did, um, you know, during the whole incarceration. You know, they locked up, just like they did in Civil War Two. They were locking up, you know, their comrades simply because they wouldn't agree to, you know, join Shield and say who they were and, you know, all that good stuff. Whereas this, yeah. you just kind of have that, oh, well, let's go back to status <laughs> quo. Uh-huh. Well, it, it's funny because I think about uh, when uh, Black Panther kind of came to the realization that he was on the wrong side. <laughs> it was just so funny because it, it just like happened all of a sudden after I guess Cap said something or uh, I think uh, Carol was trying to arrest Cap. And he was just like, nope. I'm on the wrong side. I'm not with you anymore. And she was like kind of shocked. But yeah, it it just happened all of a sudden. He knew he was on the wrong side. And yeah, it seemed like it should have been a little more apparent, but I I, don't know. Let me, (laughs) let me, uh, let me mention another comment. Andy is giving us some great feedback, by the way. He mentioned a character and I'm going to mention in reading it that will tell you the ramifications that Civil War one had Andy says it's almost like Iron Patriot all over again that kind of unlimited power in her hands might turn into authoritarian I I didn't say that right or even fascist and you know I I agree with that but Iron Patriot Iron Patriot it was the result of Civil War one fallout so you basically went years of um you know, Tony start being in control of the, uh, shield and something happened. I think it might have been the secret invasion. I don't remember exactly what it was, 
but uh, off the top, but something happened that started the what they called the dark reign after that. Basically, uh, Norman Osborn positions himself to take over Shield, turns it into something called Hammer, and gets all what? of, uh, <laughs> and he creates his own version of the Avengers. And with the ver- with that version, yeah, Andy says it was Secret Invasion. Um, after Secret Invasion, he takes over. Iron Patriot is him becoming Iron Man. So, hmm. so again, we go back to that having ramifications, and this just seemed rushed. But, but I mean, that being said, I think there may be some things that we just don't know right now that we may see a little later on uh, that we, you know, don't see initially after this ends, which uh, I don't know. If we talked about it, but the vision that Ulysses has at near the end of the uh, arc and he kind of goes to the future, I guess, and talks to Logan in some place that is New Jersey, but looks like a desert. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> What did the, you think about okay, that? Okay, that was the, remember when we were talking about X-Men, uh, I made the reference to old man Logan being in a, uh, an alternate future. Well, that was the, uh-huh. that looked like, looked like, assuming the future of old, old man Logan. But let's, you know, we were talking, let's go back real quick. We were talking about the characters being on the um, steps of the Capitol building or Congress or whatever you want to call it. And you see, you know, Carol trying to strong arm. And then all of a sudden, there's like this dome around Miles. And when the dome happens, um, you know, you've got... um you know, when the dome happens, you know that Miles is being protected. And then, of course, here comes Tony in this massive uh, Hulkbuster-looking armor. So what did you think of that? Um, I thought it might have been a little overkill to fight her in the Hulkbuster armor. Uh, but they, she did mention that who's the uh, other, the Blue Blue Marvel? Yes. Helped her with with the blast be able to defend the blast from tony again so that wouldn't work i don't know if tony knew that but i guess he came prepared uh yeah in this epic battle of you know woman versus big huge huge machine i thought it was interesting in fact i thought some of the art in those sequences were fantastic i just wanted to like take steals of all those it was it was really well well drawn but yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's just a fight that never should have happened. That's kind of the way I came away from it. And my problem with that whole fight is I'm seeing Tony as the protector. You know, I, I think Miles is supposed to be 15, 16, 17 years old. So you've got this minor, I and mean, we know he's still in high school. So you've got this minor, uh, however old he's supposed to be. Uh, on the steps, you've got Captain America, the original superhero per se, you know, the all-American Captain America, yeah. uh, not getting into anything going on in his storyline right now, but traditionally. Two good guys. Yeah, the, well, the, the two good guys. guys. <laughs> and you've got, um, Captain America saying, no, you know, it's okay. And, and it's almost like I'm Carol Danvers. I'm Captain Marvel. I'm in control. Do what I say. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. <sighs> and then here comes Tony in the hooked out uh, armor, which ironically looks a heck of a lot like Iron, uh, you know, War Machine armor. Yeah. So let me ask you: Does uh, does Captain Marvel as leader of the Ultimates, does she have as much power as Maria, I guess Maria Hill and Shield, or are they kind of the same group or they work together on most things? Well, see, the Ultimates didn't come about in the regular Marvel universe until after Secret Wars because the Ultimates was the ultimate Marvel version of the Avengers. Okay. So, you know, you didn't have uh, Ultimate Avengers and the Ultimate Universe. You just had the Ultimates. And they just decided when they did that was, you know, the Avengers, are you avenging, you know, Avengers meaning you're avenging something. You can't avenge something every single mission. 
So <laughs> they just yeah. said, hey, you know, we're going to call them the Ultimates. But they brought the Ultimates title name over post-Secret Wars. Cool. Yeah, I mean, also, um, just getting back to that fight and when Maria actually unleashed the troops to go help uh, Captain Marvel. Um, what do you think about the scene where they all jump from the heli- helicopter? Not helicopter. Helicarrier. The, uh, helicarrier. And can, I know all those characters cannot fly. So <laughs> how can they possibly jump in safety, safely land? It's a nitpick. I'm sorry. How can they jump and safely land on the ground from the helicarrier? I just thought that was weird. Okay. Well, I don't recall. I think she was, but if Storm was in the, uh, group, that explains it. If she was in the, you know, that, that, that may not be what they intended. It could have been just like cool visual. But if Storm is in the group, Storm could lift people up via the wind, and they're flying on the wind. Oh, okay. And and to talk about, you know, we kind of briefly mentioned it before, the setups in this uh, these issues for stuff coming in the future, stuff going on in the Marvel Universe, maybe Netflix. Man, we saw a lot of uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy in this arc. And the fact that they don't have a spaceship anymore and they might be stranded, and uh, stranded with everybody else on Earth for a while, I think maybe something they're doing to get them uh, into more stories for the release of the movie. All right. So let me ask you a question. And uh, I'm asking this for a very specific reason. So if you're reading a comic and let's say you have read five and you know there's eight issues or nine issues, ten, eight, six, whatever – and you are reading it and you've read five issues and the sixth issue is written by the same person, but it is drawn by someone else. Would you have a problem with that? I probably would. And it depends on how great their art, how, how big of the difference of the art style is. If, it's, if they're similar I probably wouldn't have as big as big of issue unless I'm following that art because I like this, uh, this dude who's pinning it and I want to see what he draws, you know? So I could see that being an issue, but unless it's, it just, just doesn't drop in quality a lot. I don't think I'd, I'd be too mad about it. Well, what about yourself? Well, well, let me, before I say, let me add another quirk to that question, so to speak. If you knew that getting that artist to draw that final sixth issue, let's go with the six again, was going to make that book be three months late, would you rather wait three months or would you rather go ahead and get that story? Yeah. See, I don't think they should should overbook, but... I don't, I don't think they should wait if it's going to be that long. Uh, but if it's a, if it's a drop in quality, you know, you have to take the balance between a drop in quality or waiting six months, which is just egregious. That's a long time to okay. wait. Okay. All right. So here's why I asked that question with, we know there were delays. Um, the gentleman that was drawing it, he had a child and, you know, life happens and, you know, you, you, you had a birth of a child. So that made the, uh, you know, some of the books be delayed uh, toward the end. I think it was uh, uh, issues seven, eight, and nine that had the delay in them. Well, what happens at that point is the other books have to come out before, uh, and this happened with Secret Wars as well, uh, where you had uh, books coming out after Civil War had already ended, and you didn't know how you know, Civil War was going to end. I mean, not Civil War, Secret War was going to end. So mm-hmm. with with this, same difference. You had uh, the issue where Miles is dealing with what happens to Tony and the way it's presented in the Spider-Man book, I'm reading it thinking, oh, well, Tony died. And I, hmm. I, and I guess I, I tell that he doesn't at that point, but... Uh, you know, it's like, oh, well, Tony died. And then I read this and I'm like, oh, well, Tony didn't die. 
Not that I and wanted Tony to die, but you yeah, get my you point. Yeah, you it's mostly a, a timing issue is what you're saying, right. ultimately. Exactly. Yeah, that is weird. And I know it has to be a pain to try to keep everything in sync uh, with the release dates. And like you just mentioned before, waiting on a, a certain artist to pen this particular book. So, yeah, the the logist it's a logistic nightmare <laughs> to say the least to keep everything in sync and have everything arrive when you want it to. But that's part of what they do and they should, they've been doing this for so long. They should be used to it and have, you know, um, alternate plans. If something doesn't go as, as you know, as, as they originally expected, as far as having somebody on board or somebody's not available, you know, life happens. So, Right, and that's true. And when you when you think of the moving parts, whereas before it was just coordinating. Look, we need to make sure this book is in the can before, uh, et cetera, and so forth. Whereas now you're trying to get this book started shortly after our while civil war is still in theaters. Then you uh, also want to time it with the defenders before. Uh, you know, after Luke Cage has, uh, yeah. aired, yeah. blah, blah. So you've got TV, you've got that, movies, you've oh, got. It's so many points to try to get in sync. Uh, it's crazy. I mean, like, it's, it's bad enough just trying to get the comics in sync and the artists and the stories to all line up. But like you said, when you throw in movies and television shows on multiple networks, ABC as well as, uh, Netflix, it's just gotta be a nightmare, man. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, and, and to answer your question as to, you asked me how I thought about it or what I thought about it. I go back to being one of the people who still liked the little boxes at the bottom that when they were talking, sometimes they would have an asterisk, um, by what something that they said. And that little box would say, Uncanny X-Men 132. Meaning that was your reference to look back and ah. uh, go back and read what they were talking about. And, and that was back in the day when Uncanny X-Men was one single volume that had 132 issues or 300 issues or whatever. You don't have that anymore. So when you're, you're asking, do what I care if the artwork changed? It might bother me a little bit, but it, if the same person was writing it, you know, um, I, I, I remember artists coming and going back in, you know, the, what I, well, back in the old days, you know, but, um, <laughs> I don't think it would really, I, it bothers me more to have a disjointed story and reading yeah. other books that come out before that, that one has ended. And I think that leads to the anticlimaticness of this, story here is we saw all these other books that were already published well after this you know came out so it was almost like they were intentionally trying to mask you know you know what was coming yeah and it's so funny you talk about writers versus uh the artist and it's kind of the same way in with directors versus uh, script writers or screenwriters because when you think about something like Game of Thrones they have a different person directing almost every episode but it doesn't feel disjointed of course you might feel it may feel a little bit different when they have their their uh, peak episode of the season which is usually uh, episode 8 or 9 I believe Right. but yeah but for the most part the story is consistent and that is what the draw is and the same thing here as long as the story is good you know you might get mad a little bit if the art is a little different from the previous book but just just keep the story consistent and keep the story good all right look at doc you know in that same vein look at doctor who since 2005 even when uh, you know russell t davis was on you had him generally writing the season opener and the season finale, and maybe an episode or so, you know, some mixed between. But he was the showrunner. He was the executive producer throughout, you know, the story. Same thing with Stephen Moffat. Beginning and issue, I mean, an episode here and there, but still showrunning throughout. So, um, same difference. 
Yeah, so uh, I guess we mentioned it, but do we want to say what happened at the end of the fight with uh with uh, Iron Man and, and Captain Marvel? Yep. Good. Why don't you tell everybody? Well, I, the Iron Man basically gets taken out to to just sum it up. We don't know if he's dead or not at first, you know, uh but a few pages later by the end we see that he's lying in some um one of those chambers like Michael Jackson used to have uh and seems like seems like he's not going to make it i don't know um well yeah, it's just you know no 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 i was just when you said well he's not going to make it see going back to my thing with uh <laughs> we already knew that he makes it in some form by him being the uh virtual voice inside Riri uh, i think her name is Riri Williams um uh-huh. He's the voice inside her armor that's assisting like, uh, Jarvis or Friday or whatever it was for Tony. Um, uh, he's, he's her AI. So he's the, you know, whispering in her ear, telling her, you know, go do this, go do that in the new, uh, Iron Man book. So we already knew that he, uh, survived in that computer. We just didn't know how. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that brings us to the next big thing. And we talked about it earlier about the uh, Guardians, not Guardians, but the Defenders uh-huh. popping up in a panel at the very end of this. But, yeah, Iron Man is taken out. And lo and behold, we got a new Iron Man. It only shows up in the last two books. And now she's taking over the real Iron Man comic. Wow, what a setup. <laughs> yeah, and on, and on top of that, they've got another... Um, Iron Man book out there, uh, the, uh, irredeemable, I think, Iron Man or something to that. And it's basically Victor Von Doom uh, being an Iron Man-ish type character now since he's supposedly reformed, quote unquote. Oh man. Yeah. We got another comment from Andy. I'm, uh, read it. Uh, that end with Stark was another non ending. The irritating problem with the events is when they wrap up. And there were no consequences for the actions. I fully agree. It was, it was just like, huh, we're done. Uh, you know, I guess we don't know for sure, but I guess Ulysses wasn't right. You know, uh, by the end, we're assuming everything he did was bad. We never really came to a real conclusion of why he was bad or, or, or why he was wrong sometimes and right sometimes. We may find that out in the future. But yeah, it got to the point where even it seemed like the Inhumans were worried about him because they were, uh, I don't know. Okay, okay, so here's here's what I think. And I think I've read, this may have been in story, I'm not uh, quite sure, but this is my understanding, is he, he I think at the very beginning, I think he was indeed, uh, you know, actually, Telling the future, but I think as his powers developed, so too did they evolve from just being him seeing the future to him seeing probable probability. As Tony said, you know, it's a probability thing. That's true. He's seeing into other, um, you know, other (laughs) realities. And you remember the um, thing with Civil War. Two, it originally was only uh, seven issues, not eight. So really? I didn't know that. You go back and you look at the amount of two-page spreads in this last issue. I mean, I'm, you know, I've gone through like five or seven pages here, and they're just spread after spread after spread after, and they are all done by different artists. That's, really. I- yeah, I didn't yeah, that. they're 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 different artists, not the same artist. So I, that goes back to this being nothing more than, in my opinion, let's look at what's coming from Marvel in 2017. Yeah, but again, I will say the art on those panels were really good, and I enjoyed like the action sequences of uh, Iron Man fighting Captain Marvel. I thought those looked awesome. Anyway, even though they were kind of uh, not really had didn't really have much uh, impact on the story. <laughs> yeah, you know one one of my favorite uh, images in there was when Beast didn't <laughs> Beast couldn't figure out what was going on. It was like ha ha ha. 
And, poor beast. Uh, yeah, poor beast. <laughs> and at the end where it looks like, you know, here's Carol and she's feeling all guilty and she goes to the president and gets the blank check. And I'm like, really? Yeah, like, you're gu- you feel guilty now? And, you know, I think the only thing that really makes her feel guilty is the fact that um, that uh, uh, the Black Panther changed sides. Because she was so hurt when that happened, I, <laughs> I kind of laughed. Okay, does she not feel guilty? And a spoiler for Hulk here, you know, you 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 know, for all these years. Uh, wait, I'm uh, I'm reading one of our notes here. Uh, your um, partner in crime for Tech Petition podcast just said, Mr. Carey Brown says, "Wait, isn't Captain Marvel a woman?" Uh, yes, yeah, uh, Captain Marvel <laughs> is a woman. Uh, it's, uh, Carol Danvers now, unfortunately. But, but you know what? If you look in that picture that I put on the episode 32, the way, the way they've got her drawn, I could say that might be a guy because, because yeah, uh, for the angle of the picture. And you want to know, to be t- totally honest, when I first saw that picture, I thought it was a dude <laughs> 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 until I started diving into it with you. So. Yeah, yeah it, it it she's she's it's kind of ambiguous unless you actually dive through the pages. And 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 you know it's interesting that she had she's always had long hair except you know in the uh, <laughs> Carrie says that's a man. That, that's funny. <laughs> um, okay, that that t- totally made me laugh. Um, you know, back in the seventies when she was first created, you know, she had the traditional seventies bob that uh, that was popular back then. But the, she's always had long hair, and then all of a sudden, when she became Captain Marvel, she cuts her hair. And I'm like, you don't have to have short hair and be mean to, just because yeah, you're. You have to make her a bad a man, it's right? And part, and, and, part and, of the package. You know, it'll just leave her as the Carol that's been around for thirty years. Don't make her something that she's not just to have a different title because there have been women characters or uh, female characters who have been Captain Marvel before. Uh, and, and they weren't, you know, they didn't drastically change them to be Captain Marvel. So cop out to me. So, so what do you think the whole thing of Hawkeye coming back with seemingly having a plan for something? I didn't quite understand that. There is a, book called Occupy Avengers that he is in now and he's basically just wandering around the country. Uh I read the first issue and it was like uh mm, kind of boring and didn't read anymore. Uh-uh. Uh let's see here. Uh Andy says cosmic power cars causes her hair loss. Look at <laughs> look at Silver Surfer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's funny. I must have a lot of cosmic, uh, powers then because I used to have a lot of hair and now I don't. So <laughs> I, my brain must be filled with cosmic energy. So let me so, ask you, let me ask you a question. Uh, how would you rate on a scale? I'm going to give you that one to one to 10 scale. How would you rate Civil War II overall on a scale of one to 10? I'm gonna I'm gonna put it smack dab in a, in the in the middle somewhere at a at a four or five maybe five or six somewhere in there, but I will say the first two books, eight nine, the the final two maybe two or three. It just it didn't keep the same you know keep the excitement up throughout. It kind of just fizzed out like we said before. I just I had fun with it, but you know. As witnessed by our delay in review and my delay in reading it, I just kind of wasn't excited to just read the rest of it. <laughs> you, and, and, you know, I, I kind of noticed that, too, because in the reverse, especially after, um, you know, reading the Miles issue, you came back and, and, and well, no, I take that back. After reading the Hulk issue, you were asking, when are we recording? When are we recording? And on this, it's, now don't forget, we need to finish up, uh, Civil War II. So it was back to yeah. the, um, um, you know, it's back to, it was almost making you want to, you know, making yourself have to read it, not wanting to read it. And, and let me, uh, add in real quick that Andy says that, uh, he gives it a four tops. And you know what? I'm going to give it 
because of the fact that you killed off a major, major original character, I'm going to give it a five because it did have good artwork. And, uh, yeah, I can agree with that. You know, I, I do, I do like the artwork, even though it was delayed. You know, I do like Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, I don't think this was his strongest work that I've seen him do, but he's done a lot of things that I do like. Uh, I think that there was too much corporate stuff going on. And, uh, Carrie wants to know, uh, who dies. Um, let's see. He says, um, sorry, I'm late. Well, uh, Carrie, the idea of who dies was the original Incredible Hulk, Mr. Bruce Banner. So there you go. So yeah, I'm going to give it about a five. So back to what, back to my ratings. So yeah, just a five. So what do you think? So, Go ahead. I was just gonna say, what's what's the next next big arc in in Marvel that we can be expecting, or we won't see one in late this year? Do you know what the next one is? Well, you know, right now, what I'm interested to see how it plays out is the, um, you know, and we reviewed IVX. the first one, right? IVX, uh, seeing how the X Men return to prominence, and you know, the Inhumans go off into space and all that good stuff. Yeah, that should be interesting. Uh, that that story uh, after Death of X that kind of got me intrigued, and I'm anxious to see what that what direction they actually go in with that. And again, that has corporate implications, which we've kind of talked about. And you know, it's funny how you got to look at all these things in the eye of you know Marvel slash Disney and how they're trying to uh, steer their characters and steer their uh, movies. It's all kind of tied together now. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I will say this, and I, I think this will tie into my five rating. You know, all these years, the Hulk character and the She-Hulk character have traditionally been Hulk rampaging monster. She-Hulk is the one in control and the energetic and friendly and, you know, person, mis, mispersonality. Whereas post the Civil War, uh, whole kit and caboodle. Now, with having Amadeus as the awesome Hulk. Yeah. And Jennifer now being in the Hulk book. You've changed, you've reversed that male female dynamic, but you've also reversed the happy go lucky and the yeah. raging monster. And, and that's, that, that I think I'm, even though I'm not happy to see Jennifer she-Hulk go, you know, through this change. It is something new for her character. Well, I guess they're trying to play it up on the emotion, emotion of losing Bruce as well. So let me ask you this. What do you, what time frame do you think we'll see Bruce Banner come back again? Or you think he's just gone? I mean, nobody's ever gone, but do you think we'll see him back anytime soon? Okay. His body, unfortunately, has already been, uh, resurrected in Uncanny oh, Avengers gosh. by the hand. But they, they did something. Why? Yep. <laughs> but they did the, the Uncanny Avengers, uh, you know, stopped. I don't think they completed what they were trying to do, but yeah, they had already, uh, tried that. But, but, but let me mention this real quick about, uh, She-Hulk, cause I think this was, Artist-wise, they were very cool in what they did. In the first um, issue of the New Hulk book, each panel was drawn square, square, square. It was perfect. Every page was very orderly. Because, you know, like with comics, you've got panels with different sizes and different lineage. These were like old school, square, 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 rectangle, 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 very orderly until the point to where she starts kind of losing control and when she does that um the uh panels start to skew a little bit and then they start to the lines begin to look ragged a little bit on the actual panels of the page and i didn't even realize that reading it and then i read (laughs) an article about them doing that and i wrote and i went back and looked and i was like wow that's cool did that cue an emotional change in you when he's? No, <laughs> but, but but I did say that was like, you know, I guess you were supposed to have noticed it. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention. But 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 it will make me go back 
next issue and pay more attention to how it was drawn because I missed that. Awesome sauce, man. And, uh, let me, let me end our conversation by, by saying, uh, what Carrie said, which is he'll be back in universe number. And let me get this right. Let me, uh, make sure my glasses are working here. Universe number seven, four, seven, four, three, eight, four, eight. Uh, He goes to say nothing is ever off the table in the world of comics. Absolutely. Well, you know what? I've got to, I've got to say to Andy Carey, and I think there was uh, one other person earlier. I don't want to leave anybody out. Um, Johnny. Um, So thank you, everyone, who gave us comments. You actually helped make this a very interesting conversation. Thanks for joining, guys. All right. Well, uh, like Clarence said, thanks for joining, and we are out of here.